0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to 15 Minutes, a podcast about fame, except this time it's hardly about fame at all. Um, I'm recording this quick and dirty because today is November 2nd, 2020, and we're all going a little bit insane. And I recorded something yesterday on November 1st, 2020, that might help us all feel a little, I don't know, a little, a little hour of distraction and solace, and 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 reason. Um, since the twenty sixteen election, somehow I was lucky enough to find a few voices in the world that helped me take deep breaths uh, and just feel a little better. And among them are Preparara and and Milgram's podcast. Um, And I can't think of anything else at the moment except for the essays and tweets of A.R. Moxon, uh, who goes by Julius Goat, spelled just the way it sounds, on Twitter. Uh, He has been writing about America and Trump and Trumpism in ways that are so insightful and articulate and just enough funny, and that somehow articulate the way I've been feeling in ways that make me feel better for the past four years. Uh, they also make me feel worse at times, but somehow I'm rambling the fuck on today, and I'm not gonna edit this. Yesterday, I, I've been talking to AR Moxon for the past few months about, uh, talking about his book and about how having a viral tweet uh, somewhat directly led to him ending up with a book contract and a book that's coming out in paperback in December. It came out in hardcover in uh, in December of last year. Um, But that viral Twitter fame led to something very good for him. And viral Twitter fame related to Donald Trump... uh, so I try to count the ways that Donald Trump has accidentally helped the world, and that we talk a little bit about that. And we talk about uh, becoming viral and being having suddenly had all these people listening to you that or reading you that you're accountable to. We talked about all the stuff that you're all thinking about right now. I think if you're listening to this show, <clears throat> talked about other media like Five Thirty Eight. Um, we talk about what might happen on Tuesday and what's going to happen next and the long, long road back from where we've been. And I don't need to tell you more about what we talk about. If you like this podcast, you're going to listen. And if you know who A.R. Moxon is, you probably want to hear him. Uh, he's great to listen to as well as to read. And if the election goes well, we will talk again next week with a happier tone in our voices. I'm going to put this out today, so I'm going to say one more time, although no one listening to this needs to hear it. Go vote. Vote in person. And don't be afraid to think positive thoughts. It's okay to think a few positive thoughts. Here's A.R. Moxon. Take care. Oh, P.S. No time to edit this. No time to send it to Brilliant Ed, the engineer. So, all the no music, no no bells, no whistles. All of our over talking is still in there. So forgive me; it's all my fault. All the over talking. Um, normally I edit it out. Um, now you're going to be even more conscious of it. So I really just blew that by mentioning it. But point is, I wanted to get this out to whoever out in the ether might want it or need it before election day. Okie doke. Now I'm gone. Really. I swear at this time. Thanks. (laughs) Hello, Andrew A.R. Moxon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hello jamie how this, are you
0: i am fine this is our second take at saying hello because i hadn't hit record because today is the most stressful day in the world and andrew was just asking me is that because of what i'm writing or because of the election and i said because of the fucking election so that's where we left off and now we're recording um nice yeah i thought i would start by showering you with a couple of compliments and uh and giving you a little background a start. that i made delete okay that I may delete later uh, just to give you a little background on who you're talking to. Cause I think it always makes the conversations a little better. Um, I discovered your work as many did uh, when you put out, um, I don't know whether I was following you already or someone um, uh, retweeted,
1: uh, I, I'm th- blanking on the
0: name of the essay that blew up four years ago.
1: That would have been the one, uh, about the Charlottesville Nazis. Um, I would guess, ah. uh, for, so four years ago was, was, uh, was the really the, the, the one that sort of, from a Twitter perspective changed a, a lot of things for me. Okay. Um, you know, that, so, so that, that was one that began with something like imagine if these people ever faced actual oppression, um, and that that was the one that sort of took me from where I was, which was maybe, I don't know, several hundred followers to um eighty some thousand. In yeah. About three I three days. I I
0: I I have read that. Maybe it's because you know what I was searching for back then was a little bit of solace. Uh but I when I say four years ago, I guess it wasn't four years ago, it was three years and 10 months ago because I think sky either sky was the first thing I read or the thing mm-hmm. that really latched me in your 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 the first piece okay. of, of direct trump related writing that um right
1: okay so that so that was something that I did write four years ago that came out um the week before the uh the inauguration yes and I wrote it the month before and that was something that when Charlottesville happened, I mean, when I, when I published that, I didn't, you know, like I had, I had friends and I had people that, you know, like we followed each other on Twitter and it was just kind of normal social media type stuff. And so, you know, it it got as much attention as as anything that you would just kind of put up on your blog. Um, A few people admired it and whatnot, but you know, that was, that was essentially it. Uh, But then when the, Uh, the Charlottesville thread sort of, I mean, it you know, it captured the attention of a lot of really big accounts and that just kind of one thing led to another, led to another. And my blog was linked. So people found that and then they took some things from that and kind of, I, I suddenly started to realize within a few days that was being, Memeified around facebook which i'm not on as much mm-hmm. and instagram which i'm not on at all mm-hmm. and i think my daughters came to me and were like you're in my instagram feed and <laughs> that's weird and uh so anyway that all, all that to say yes that was that was four years ago the the mm-hmm. essay sky
0: was it weird yeah. cool or was it weird like dad please stop
1: <laughs> oh you know have to ask. <laughs> a, a I, little bit of both i, I Yeah. I mean, I think from, from their perspective, it's pretty cool. They were, they, they were, you know, I guess impressed just that there was, you know, there was a, a a Twitter presence and, but I think also at the same time, they, they're like, oh, that's my dad. Um, (laughs) So that, that can never be too cool. Yeah. Well,
0: anyway, that was all to say that in these four years, there have been very few things that offered me much respite, politically. And you, and Preet Barara and Ann Milgram talking to me once a week, and a few other things, always help.
1: So thank you very much. That's my pleasure. Glad I could help.
0: <laughs> um,
1: that 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 one. It's it's weird that that would. I guess it's not completely weird, but that one was what I call my my lament. It was it was the moment where I realized everything is other than I thought it was and things are going to get really bad now. And this is sort of how I process it. So I suppose I, I was starting by saying that it would be weird that that would provide solace, but I suppose that that, uh, that's what lament is mm-hmm. for. So I'm glad it helped. I'm glad mm-hmm. it
0: helped. It, it, it did. And it has, um, I also noticed that that of all the things you've written these past four years, you've chosen to this morning or yesterday uh, retweet uh, the essay about Trump as abuser. Why that? Yes.
1: One. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, this morning, uh, I guess a few reasons. I mean, one, it's it's always appropriate. Um, I think that the the foundational way of understanding what our country is and how it functions um or maybe the way that it, it it's dysfunctional mm. is the abuser enabler and you know abused victim axis. i think that is the that is that is a framework that really ports itself um very well at the micro level. If you're talking about an individual relationship with somebody who supports these, um, you know, these, these foundational lies and these terrible notions and, and, you know, these bad assumptions and just these sort of, uh, you know, really, really troubling things that they support, um, the abuser enabler, uh, abused person notion works pretty well on the interpersonal level for what is happening politically. Mm-hmm. And it also works at the, the macro level and you can see it play out pretty much on any, uh, on any level that you, you care to look. It's, it's what's happening and the way that media will normalize what's going on right now with the election. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, and so, when I sit down this morning and I'm, you know, I'm starting to look at the, the horror show of, of Twitter this morning, (laughs) that's front of mind. But the, the other thing is that somebody was engaging with me and, um, their, their perspective was, well, you know, if, if, if you don't center these people and you don't, make, you know, if you don't collaborate with them and you don't work with them, then that's how you're going to get Trump, which is a proposition I completely disagree with. I actually think by enabling that sort of thing, that's how you get Trump. I think that the, um, I think that the lesson of history teaches us this. I think, you know, basic logic teaches us this. And so what happened was what happens a lot of mornings. Um, which is I started writing about that. And that's sort of where it took me is what we need to understand first and foremost is this is abuse on many different levels and uh, on many different uh, parallels. And if you are somebody who is currently being abused by it, then you know that and you can't not know it. You can't choose to not know it. If you're not, then you are going to be offered the opportunity to enable it hmm. by forgiving, for, by forgiving the person who's doing the abuse on behalf of the person they're abusing hmm. and that, and that, and, and, so, you know, the, the, the idea that, well, uh, by, by refusing to engage with a Trump voter that's how you get trump that is the message of the trump voter that is the abuser's message look what you made me do see right. what you made me do if you hadn't done that then i you right so anyway long i guess long-winded answer to
0: no no but the that...
1: question but but that's that's what i started writing about and i realized oh pretty close to the end of it i said i thought well actually um i've written an essay that that unpacks this further so maybe i'll put that up which i frequently will do if i think that something that i'm writing is is covered in greater length um you know relevant to the topic i'm i'm talking about so
0: and for those listening uh part of what you wrote uh um makes analogizes or makes into a parable the idea of Neighbors, two couples who are neighbors and who are related, and whether to call out an actual marital yes abuser, and how important it is to
1: make that call, make that statement. yeah that, that's right yeah that, that so that's from the bubbles series yeah. that I wrote right and and so that that was it was interesting um, I, I had been writing that with really no hope of an audience. And I was just about done when suddenly I had one. And so I, I put it out there. It didn't nearly go, it didn't nearly do what, what you know, Twitter threads do because it's long mm-hmm. and it's complicated, but um, it, it distilled where I was at the time. And mm-hmm. it, it unpacked what I've just been talking about, which is this idea of America as an abuser dynamic. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, I did start with... Um, a parable. I found it useful to do that is to, uh, I even got my friend, if you look at the, uh if you, if you go and look at it, um, it has these drawings, which were, which are very purposefully, yeah. um, mim- mimicking the style of, uh, of a very popular biblical, uh, illustrative quality that was around in the seventies. It's sort of this line art. Um, mm-hmm. and so my, my friend Juanito Moore, uh, the artist, uh, he, I, I, asked him to kind of mock those up, and and if you go and look at the, excuse, oh, look at the essay, you'll see that. Anyway,
0: um, maybe this is way too far in the distant future to think about because well, we have we have Tuesday and then the following weeks, and then you have the paperback release of, of the revisionaries. Um, mm-hmm. but if, if you have thoughts of, let me preface this: my wife. Uh, Anya Schutz had a, a viral photo, protest photo project uh, leading up to the 2016 election that she and I and other people imagined as as a book someday. But after the <laughs> election, it would have just been such a sad book. Um, sure. So I'm wondering if if you have thoughts <clears> of putting out your the stuff you've written, the nonfiction you've written in the past four years in book form, or any other way you know besides in your in your your blog
1: um i mean yeah the the answer is yeah maybe i i think that um you may or may not be aware i'm i'm putting out a a series of essays right now no that is sort okay so it's called streets um oh yes 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 online you mean yeah online so so i'm and i'm just publishing them to my blog because again it's something that um it's just it's just me processing you know with, so so where are we where are we this is you know when 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 it became clear that Trump had a chance of being elected um you know certain uh uh let's say uh load bearing um structures within my my mental architecture, my, my <laughs> worldview started to started to give way. And when he won, it just collapsed entirely. I right? don't know what you mean. And so, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Um, so perhaps some of your listeners can, can relate to, to this, even if, even though I know that you've got it all uh, locked in. Yeah. Um, so I wrote Sky, we talked about Sky. That was sort of the lament. That was sort of the, you know, where are we? And then there was, uh, the, the bubble series, which is really sort of, um, which was really sort of, okay, so, so what does this all mean? Um, you know, if, if the, the first one was just, um, how did this happen? Uh, the next one might be, where, where exactly are we? <laughs> bubbles, uh, uh, essays of just sort of unpacking how I, how i now understood um a country that i had failed to see mm. and then this and so this one i've been working on for a couple of years on and off more on lately and it's called streets and the question really is okay so what now <laughs> so we have this new understanding what now and all that is preamble to your question to say yeah i see it as of a piece it's it's basically my journey for the last four years and you know if there's if it's going to be a book or not is really a question that goes far beyond and you know this because you're publishing a book like it it really it really will matter whether a, a whole number of people in the publishing industry would think that it would be something that would be a good message to get out there that I'm the one to deliver it that it would, you know, that it would it, that it would do good business, etc. So yes. I kind of I kind of leave that one up to the fates. Um I've, you know, I I, I I think I think that it would work. And there may be a time where I would decide, well, you know what, let's, you know, let's, let's just let's just make a physical thing there for, for whatever people are interested in it. Um, it's something that I hope to explore but yeah yeah i i i really i really don't um i really don't know for sure well i
0: i feel like if you yeah if you didn't find a publisher even making it print on demand would be so valuable i'd buy it um uh and to be clear know, good to know to yeah very much so especially if we fucking win um to be uh clear i am writing a book not yet publishing one and i i okay uh I, that led me to, oh, I read an interview where you talk about how, I mean, I've read about how the, the, the revisionaries was, you know, around 20 years in the making, if you start way back at the beginning. Um, but sometimes when I'm feeling just ridiculously Pollyanna ish, I think of this era, this, this four year era, this four year century as, um. Potentially, as much as it's brought out the worst of America, it's also helped resuscitate 50 years of McCarthyist, like, consideration of of anything with the word socialist in it as equaling satanic, and that there is a lot of movement to, to, you know, re-legitimizing things like that. So um, along the lines of those, (laughs) trying to find some silver linings these days, uh, and related to the, what is ostensibly the theme of this podcast, which is fame, your mm-hmm. Twitter blow up from what I gathered in an interview led to either Melville house or an agent that led to the book being published instead of you publishing it yourself.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's difficult to know how things would have bounced. Um, if that hadn't happened, but it's, it's, there's no question that um, suddenly having a, a pretty large platform on a, you know, a, a significant social media um, site made a difference, mm-hmm. just in terms of sheer visibility, you know, so I would say, you know, from my, I don't remember the exact interview, but everything you said is is correct, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I had written, I had written it, and I was shopping around for agents. And you know, I knew that this for, for people who don't know, the book is really long. It mm-hmm. was longer at the time. It was, it was, you know, we, we, we cut it in editing and it would have been, you know, a 900 page book. <laughs> um, and it was one I was pleased with, but I knew, like, I knew before I started writing it, I did my due diligence. And, and from my research, you know, everything was, you know, people asking agents or publishers. So I'm a first time writer and I'm writing, A 900 page novel and and they'd be like yeah duh so don't do that (laughs) um that won't work you know and and i know you're thinking of the exceptions but you won't be the exception so don't do that um and i think that's correct uh for the most part even though um, i wound up being an exception i think that's true i i went the the only reason that i felt at peace with it was I knew going in, like, okay, this is probably the way it's going to go. And it's just going to be really hard to find a publisher. Um, and I'll just write the next one. And, you know, we'll go with that. And I, you know, I, when I'm when I'm thinking through how I'm going to build it, I won't build it that big. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, uh, and so uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, getting 80,000 uh, Twitter followers in a weekend, Um, means that people suddenly pay attention and say, oh, wait, you know, um, I think maybe we can get over your 300,000 word (laughs) count enough to take a look at what you have to see, you know, what, what might we be able to do? And because, you know, as a result of that, yes. um, I think, you know, I, I think if you were to talk to, you know, uh, Dennis Johnson of Melville house, who, who, uh, um, is, uh, is the owner of Melville house, along with his wife, Valerie and ask him about it. I think he would tell you that, that, he got the book because he liked the book. And I think that's very true. I don't yeah. think, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think it was a, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to publish this guy who got had a, you know, a hit on Twitter. Right. Right. Um, if the book, if the, right. But at the same time, it wouldn't have happened um, without that visibility. Mm-hmm. So um, to your other point, I think it's very interesting. I mean, if you're looking for silver, <laughs> if you're looking for silver linings, I do think, that you're not wrong. I mean, this is a very dangerous time, and it will remain so, even uh, even if if um, the Republican Party doesn't succeed in a judicial coup of our democracy, um, which they're they're trying right now, as you know, as we speak. That's what they're doing. That's why that's why this is a very stressful day for you and for me, and for anyone who's paying attention. Um, but um, we do now have a few things that we didn't before. One of them is clarity. Um, For anybody who wants to know, the truth is there, and it's really not deniable of what we're up against and what the reality of our culture and our society is. And we also know that anybody who doesn't know has made a conscious effort to not know um, mm-hmm. there's 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 no there's no way around
0: it yeah earlier the, you said an abuser knows they're abused, or I was going to say they've made a conscious effort not to know
1: that's right or they've made a conscious effort not to know uh, but but even there you know at the low at the, at the deepest levels they know and so we can have clarity now we can we if if we're willing to do the difficult work of seeing things clearly, which can be painful, it is painful, you can at least have plain dealings. Um, the other thing is, you know, a lot of things have, have changed for the worse over the last hmm. four years, and 10 years, and 20 years, and you could keep going back. Um, but you know, a a lot of things over that time have changed for the better. There was sort of, as, as I can sort of perceive it, there was a a, a big wave of, of changes that really were for the better, but there, there came after that, this wave of really pushing back against it and changing things for the worse. And it was very intentional and you can see the roots of it going back to the, you know, almost as long as I've been alive, if not as long, I'm 45. So, uh, they they have managed these people with what i would call very bad intentions who really do believe in you know every type of bigotry that they are pushing and in the sort of authoritarian domination that they're trying to create they've really made a lot of changes and that is horrifying and it's very dangerous and we should be pretty clear about that but it means that things can be changed. <laughs> yeah. And that means we can change things too, um, which is why I spend a lot of my time on those sorts of points on, no, actually, we don't have to collaborate with them. No, actually, we don't have to make compromises with them. Actually, the way that often change is made is by refusing to do that. Mm-hmm right so, so, we can take a lesson from them. Trump has changed a lot in four years, and he's an idiot, so I feel like we should be able to do better, yes. but it's gonna but it but but it takes but it 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 takes first the first belief that you can do that, and then the the uh willingness to actually make the change mm-hmm. and then. You're going to have to be willing to actually do the work and pay the price of making that change, and, 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 and take yeah, yeah, and take
0: the risk of not compromising. And we're about to, uh, if if all goes really well, we're about to elect a really great compromiser who is the vice president of a really big compromiser. But <laughs> the Congress, but is um, isn't this isn't quite so set on that. Yeah,
1: uh, it's not great. It's not great. Uh, you know, you, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want, um, you wouldn't be, if you're like me, uh, you wouldn't want to choose Joe Biden as your standard bearer for what needs to happen. Um, I think it's probably worth pointing out that his platform is considerably to the left of what you know known socialist Barack Obama's platform. <laughs> yeah, yes indeed. Uh
0: and he he you know, has been pushed oh, yeah. there
1: and that's great. Yeah, huge 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 socialist. Uh but but you know it it's to the left of what that was. And at the same time as we recognize that it's not nearly enough <laughs> and his positions aren't nearly enough and as dispiriting as it is to hear him promising that he won't do all of these awesome things that actually need to be done like banning fracking and, you know, Mm -hmm. on and on and on. Um, It means that that he too can be moved. And that's, you know, that's that's sort of what I think of when I say we can change things, but we're going to have to be willing to do that work. We're going to have to be willing to pay the price. And that that is going to involve not just sitting back and letting Joe Biden and the Democratic Party find their, you know, their level, <laughs> the, you know, their, their, uh, their sea level. Mm-hmm. We're going to need to, we're going to need to do some work because there are things that they don't want to do that they're going to need to. Um, yeah. But at the very least, they aren't fascists. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. and the, you, you, well, it's <laughs> expectations it's, it's just, have, it's a, have lowered just, so far. <laughs> Yeah, it's a disturbing reality. But the reality is that the other side is yeah, um, they are, they are fascists. Yeah, no exaggeration. Um, by, yeah, by by any metric that mm-hmm. you want to use, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's disturbing, yeah. and and it's a problem. Yeah.
0: Well, while we're on the disturbing stuff, there I have a couple of light fan questions. But before that, if you if you're up for it, let's see. <laughs> yeah, sure. where, where do you live?
1: What state? Um, are you asking my address? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm doxing <laughs> you live. Here we go. Um, I live in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So you got, you're got you in Michigan.
0: You're from New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. You're very attuned and, and online. I mean, I, I am just, I am often on my phone, my computer, and looking, jumping between the news stations this past week in a way that's making me insane, but I can't stop. What do you fear? What do you expect? What do you hope? Um.
1: hmm. Well, I mean, what I. Yeah. What what do you fear? fear. Yeah. That.
0: You fear. I'm sorry. Let me interrupt with one more thing. I also listen to the 538 people, although they kind of drive me insane. And one of the reasons they drive me insane is that they will not ever. I mean, their job is in predicting things within norms that exist, but the norms don't exist anymore, and they never acknowledge the possibility of straight-out cheating or a coup, but these people have been cheating and lying and breaking the law for four years. Right. So with that in mind...
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, 4th, uh, 538 is... Um, I, I do find their their affect to be, uh, in you know infuriating at times and and, and certainly you'd want a little bit more they I mean they do they do make reference to like hey by the way we we aren't taking into account all of the you know crimes uh, that might be committed (laughs) yeah Uh, I I see that from time to time but yeah it's it's a fairly bloodless thing for them I find I find that I don't really want to hear from any of them on any topic other than statistical analysis as a, as a result of that. yes, absolutely. But yeah. because, because they are so affectless about this all and, and even sort of blithe, I find that if they are actually saying, well, you know, just from polls, you know, from, from a strictly uh, uh, electoral position, it looks really good for Biden. Yeah. Trump can win, but it's, but it's, it's, going to be one of the bigger long shots we've ever seen Mm -hmm. which is not what they were saying at all four years ago and really terrifying me right and then that did come to pass pretty much exactly as they they suggested it might um I, i so i find them i find them useful for that and i think that it's useful because it tells us that you know if if we're thinking about the election just as election Biden's going to win. Um, mm-hmm. it, it may be, you know, maybe not. There is there is a chance. But certainly, if you look at what the Republicans are doing, the Republicans sure think Biden's going to win because they're trying to dismantle democracy before it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got about 48 hours. <laughs> and they, they are, they are sure enough going to try to, uh, to steal the election. And they're just talking about it now. And so it's useful for us to kind of look at that and be like, yeah, the people are with, Biden. the people are against Trump by any metric. And so we, again, we have that kind of clarity that we need. I mean, what I fear is what everybody fears. I fear that, um, that the Republicans are going to be successful and they are going to, um, they are going to, to manage to to push through a coup. Um, I'm, I'm not very worried that they're actually going to win the election. I, I don't think that's going to happen. And even if it does, if you've been cheating at a game, the whole time, even if you would have won without the cheating, you still lose, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you cheat at a test, even that you would have passed if you hadn't cheated, you still get the test uh thrown out there which is why i've said many times over the last few months at this point given what trump has done there exists no legitimate trump victory he has delegitimized his own candidacy simply by not you know by not by not trusting the system by you know doing everything he can to delegitimize the election there there doesn't exist there doesn't exist a a legitimate Trump victory. And so I'm worried about what will happen. Mm -hmm. If, you know, my, my fear is that, that he will manage to stay in. And if that happens, I think we know what happens. I think it's free fall. I think, uh, you know, there's no, there's no, um, there's no really really no aspect of the presidency that he's capable of doing, and there's no aspect of American life that he doesn't uh, intend to corrupt. And we know what the intentions are. You know, we we will we will become we'll become something other than what we have even pretended to be, and um, that's going to be really bad. <clears throat> um, I think that. Um I mean, my hope is I've always felt that um always for the last four years I felt that <laughs> what, It feels like always what we, yeah, kind of what, what it feels yeah, it also feels like it wasn't me before, if that makes sense, right? So it's like a different me. <laughs> yeah. but I, I, I for the last four years, I've felt that. Um, uh, and this is by no means uh unique to me uh, uh, it's it's a, it's a pretty common observation but the problem isn't really trump or even republicans the problem is that we have so many people who have believed these really bad narratives and these really bad assumptions and um and still do and and um what's going to be needed is what i call a spiritual transformation which sounds pretty woo-woo and <laughs> and sort of um religious and my background is pretty religious um, but i don't mean it in that way i, I think i think anyone could, could understand what i mean when i say spiritual because we know w- w- we we all understand spirit on some level mm-hmm. um if if somebody if somebody keeps the law but but breaks the meaning of it, they've broken the spirit of the law, right if somebody um if if a, a team plays with a lot of heart and um and a, a lot of conviction and they just never give up and they they got out the win, they played with a lot of spirit. their fans could have a lot of spirit right it's It's a collective human energy that exists and and, and you know we we can see that. I think that we can see that our, our country has been captured by a certain spirit um, that is dangerous and wrong and it's unsustainable. And my hope is that what's happened is this has become such a shock to our system that we've had enough of a uh, realization just as a, a culture that our national spirit has actually changed. That's, that's what I hope to discover is that actually when we say, okay, now we're going to have to change the way we think about taxes, and we're going to have to change the way we think about energy, and we're going to have to change the way we think about, you know, what it is to have a society and, you know, who is valuable in that society and why, that people will be receptive to it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think we've seen spiritual changes like that before. I think that, you know, in, in the 60s, another time of a lot of, tumultuous, you know, and violence, and, uh, and, and a lot of energy of uncertainty and, and, and confusion, you did go from a place where, uh, you know, the, um, the level of the level of, of bigotry and marginalization was codified into law in ways that it still isn't today, even though we still have a lot of work to do. And for the most part we made the mistake of thinking you know we being you know comfortable white people made the mistake of thinking that it was you know all done and and taken care of Mm -hmm. and certainly it wasn't but it it moved significantly forward during that period in a lot of ways yeah um and so i dare hope for that (laughs) we'll see um i think that they you know I think that what's going to happen is a, a definite attempt on democracy on Tuesday. I think we're going to see that happen and it's going to be, it's going to come down to really, I think how people show up to that. Yeah. What, you know, what, what are they going to do? I hope I'm wrong. Um, Me too. Cause I'm tired and <laughs> you yeah. know, I, it would, it would be, it would be good if um, everybody didn't have to like mobilize uh, just to install our sort of milk toast halfway you know cookie cutter, not quite enough you know compromised mm-hmm. middle of the road um guy, um, I wouldn't mind taking a breather of a couple of weeks before we'd start yelling at him a lot, yeah. but uh, it'll be interesting to see it's gonna be yeah. interesting to see yeah, yeah, and By I interesting, I mean. Terrifying and terrifying, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. Lately, I've been I've driven back and forth to Albany <laughs> to to visit my ninety two year old father for fifteen minutes outside, and then turn around to drive back. Uh, I live in Western Mass, about two hours away, and wow, I've driven back and forth that route for four years, and you know what I note looking at in the you know rural rural anywhere is. Is Trump country super rural anywhere? Is, you know, the percentages go up. Mm-hmm. But the signs, a few of them are huge this year, but a lot are gone, and there are some little Biden yeah. signs. But what I think more than anything, I thought the other day as I drove back was about all these houses without signs and how these yeah. people really... There are people who just... You know, I talk to them at the, you know, I, I I live in a small town, so I know people who aren't like me politically or, you know, in terms of yeah. education or anything. And, and they really aren't political and they don't want to be. And they've had, right. they've been in the house with mom and dad screaming for four years. And yep. I think that's why in any legitimate election, this is, this should be a, a route. I think they yeah. they're like, put the nice old white man in and no. and and I think that anything other than that is just going to blow my mind. I my wife has European citizenship. I we joke about it a lot. But if that isn't the way it goes down and people actually vote for him again,
1: I don't mm-hmm. know what I'll do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I I don't think uh I don't think any of us actually know what we're going to do. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, you know, I I was um, one of the things I've been thinking about is it's interesting. I, I don't I'm I'm not as nervous before this election as I was the last one. Mm. Um, I think I think because um, I'm not sure why, uh, because the stakes are the stakes are actually higher um to to a great degree but i knew that if i knew that trump could win 4 years ago and i knew that if he did uh i i could see pretty clearly the shape of what that would mean and really nothing that's happened has been too surprising i mean i was i'm not one that was like there's going to be a pandemic and you know all of that stuff <laughs> you know the 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 fact the fact that Things have fallen fallen apart to this degree, and the sorts of daily outrages um against any decency um, all of that i I was quite sure was going to be the case and I was the the election situation is actually considerably better than i thought yeah yeah uh, uh, the you know i I think that I think that 2018 was such a route for the Republicans. Um, the 18 was you know, no, no, 16. Not uh, no. I'm sorry. 2018 was such a route for the Democrats. A blue wave. Yeah, right. Because Trump doesn't care about anybody else, so he wasn't really paying attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and so not as many shenanigans. It was kind of a straight up election, um, and I was pleased because I really. I really did think you, you know I knew that Trump was a fascist he was running as a fascist and so I was like well usually when you elect one of those that's your last election um yeah it's lucky that he's so dumb it's lucky yeah. that he's so incompetent it's lucky that he's so unable to play any kind of long game or or act like a human being on a- almost any level you know to a degree it's, it's yeah it's he, lucky um he
0: can't even fake it
1: I, I think I'm less I'm less nervous now because I think that the damage is largely done. So any victory that we can have is going to be in a way Pyrrhic. Um, you know, we've 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 sort of we've sort of absorbed this this massive blow. Um obviously if he does win then then I think we go into free fall. I, I mean I really think it's going to be hugely terrible so the the stakes are are worse i don't i don't actually understand why i'm less nervous but <laughs> i just i i, I may, maybe it's just i have i feel like i have a clearer view like my i don't feel like the way i understand things is toppling anymore so mm-hmm. it might be that um I, I, yeah. but but uh, you know I i guess what i what what i was leading to With that, I just lost it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, go ahead. Well, I ask ask your question. I guess
0: I, I think part of the reason that you and, to an extent, I don't fear it is that we are still the people who've led. I'm uh, making assumptions about you, but led middle class white lives, and the norms still exist in our neighborhoods and our worlds, and we, as much as we spirit i i can't believe that i don't know i've said this over and over for four years that how can they do this and it's because there are norms not laws for a lot of the things that they're doing and they just laugh them off shrug them off throw them in the gutter but it's hard Mm -hmm. to believe on a national scale that they could you know if they had a magic machine that could change all the votes you know that's my you know i have i have like you know dystopian or sci-fi novel computer hack fears but those aren't happening and there's a paper trail and all these little court cases if biden wins by eight points in michigan ain't gonna do it so that's why i have hope
1: yeah you're probably right about that (laughs) no you're you're, yeah you're probably you're probably right about that for me you know it's it's if that happens then we have biden and then what are we going to do yeah yeah. You know, how many people are going to go back to brunch. Um I think the thing the, the thing I was leading to with it is you know, musing on on why I'm less nervous this time. It I you know, I think that I think that the effects will be more immediate and they'll they'll actually start to affect people like you and me and I've been yep. largely unaffected. It yep. must be said um other than, you know, the the daily, you know, psychological grind mm. of it. But mm from a material standpoint, very, very little other than what we all are going through, which is, you know, a year of pandemic significant, but we all share it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the night of the election, I just kind of sat there and blinked a bit. And then I started getting really, really angry. (laughs) And I've stayed that angry, I think the whole time. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's an honest anger. It's it, and I don't I don't, um, I, don't um, I don't regret it. But I think that I'm in it so often, because it's a lot easier than the other thing, which is the grief of it. Yeah. But I got so angry. And I i started thinking because I was thinking, well, you know, there's this, there's this whole thing, like, well, if the person I don't want wins, then I'll leave. And I was really thinking like, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then it occurred to me, well, that's what they want. That That's exactly what they want. They want everyone to leave mm-hmm. except them, which isn't sustainable. The soci- their society would collapse. Mm-hmm. They don't care. You know, they really don't see it. Like they, they have a very, they have a very narrow, crimped version of the world. That's the only way that you could vote for such a person, such Mm -hmm. a thing. Um, but that's what they want. And so I just started writing, I, I don't know where it is. It's probably still on Twitter or maybe I put it on Facebook, but it was basically just, fuck you. I'm not leaving you leave. (laughs) Like I'm staying, I'm staying here. I'm staying with all the people you want to kill. That's where I'm staying. And I'm kind of still there, you know, like I, um, I, I, whatever is coming, you know, whatever is to be, I'm not really going anywhere. And yeah. I haven't paid much of a price yet. I really haven't. You could even say that I've benefited because, you know, I, I don't think that, I don't think that the sequence of events that leads to me getting a book published happens yeah. without me having the, this, this sort of, you know, kind of, fire in me to, to, to want to to say all these things. But um, <laughs> let me, <laughs> that, that
0: brings up a question that, that uh, this is meant as somewhat out of jealousy and a compliment, not as a diagnosis. But do you think that you have hypergraphia? And if so, is it Trump-based? Or have you always written as much as you do? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, uh, Trump-onset hypergraphia. Trump-onset hypergraphia. <laughs> Mm, that's a good question i think um i think to a certain extent yes but i think that um I've, I've always written long i mean you know 20 years ago is when i started this book and it was you know it was basically just finding this sort of vein of creativity and, and realizing oh i can pretty much take this any direction i want to i can go wherever i want and so i did i i wrote you know I talked about a 900 page, um, manuscript. I probably cut 600 pages to get to the nine hundred, I wrote I just, I just wrote a ton. And so I think, you know, I think if you were to go back to, you know, Twitter before the rise of Trump, I started to get pretty engaged in sort of, you know, the, the beginning of that all started. Probably, you know, as the Tea Party started to rise and I started to see just how uh troubling this this political movement was and started to kind of set myself against it. I but you know, there was no real engagement and Twitter wasn't really mm-hmm. um so it wasn't the platform that it that it became for me. Um but I I certainly don't think even so that I was that I was writing to the same degree as I was before uh, before Trump started in that way, you know, the things that I had to say were really more, uh, along the lines of, you know, pop culture musings and film review and, um, and, and fiction. And I still enjoy all of those things, Mm -hmm. but, um, as a result of, as a result of, I guess, having to, uh, reconstruct my, my entire worldview (laughs) Um, I found that I, I I suddenly on the political uh, uh, on the political stage. I suppose I'm not on the political stage, but I'm you know in, in that in that vein. I suddenly had a lot to say, mm-hmm. and I, I felt that I felt that I I had to say something. Yeah. <laughs> so it was good. It was good that I had something to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I used to say a lot more on facebook and i i i I guess right around or after the election i just less than my you know ethical and scared qualms about facebook i just was tired of what i've since learned the term the the narcissism of small differences Mm -hmm. and and i haven't heard that one uh, it's a freudian term i only learned it recently and it's 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 what it sounds like it's people getting in screaming fights on the same side over tiny issues. Oh, sure. Um, And so I, I, I I am, I, I use Twitter a lot, but no one ever listens. (laughs) I just shout into the void. And if I get two likes, you know, (laughs) I, I don't, it just, I just haven't
1: uh, had that moment. Uh, But I, yeah, I I mean, I, I think, I think that you know, to a certain degree. I was I was writing about as much on Twitter before before um I sort of had a, a, a viral moment and, mm-hmm. and and started getting a lot of engagement. I was writing just as much. I've I've called it the bucket that I put my head into to scream. Mm-hmm. Um and it still kind of is. I mean it's still I mean obviously there's a lot more engagement now, but but I, I found it useful for that. I was like, I have to put this out somewhere. Yeah. I was kind of done with Facebook for that. Facebook was where I first ran into um, something that I thought was very unusual, but turned out to be really just sort of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to MAGA America, which is a, a college buddy of mine who had kind of gone off and you know lived his life. And 10 years later, we reconnect. And he's a doctor in Oklahoma, and he's just... Trumpy is. There's no Trump yet, but he is just Trumpy as hell. Mm-hmm. And interacting with him was one of the most uh, disorienting <laughs> experiences of my life. It's very familiar now, yep. but it was just this. It was just this. It was like chewing a super ball. It was, it was, my, was yep. just anything. Yep. And, you know, my jaw is going to get tired, and the ball is exactly the same. Like there's just no penetrating it. <laughs> impermeable. To liquid impermeable, you know, like the only thing that might happen is it might choke you to death. That's a great there's analogy. No, like, there's just you know, and and I spent a couple years trying to break through to this guy because I was like, well, surely if yeah. I can make him see, you know, the the clear hypocrisies here, surely that no, never. And finally, I just realized, no, like this guy is just like it's he's he's a he's just a true believer in. What what at the time I was like it's it's like Nazism. Like mm-hmm. he, he's he's a real true believer in it. And I was like, I'm so glad that there aren't you know like millions of people like this. <laughs> um so, uh, yeah. funny thing about that, um yeah. there, Ha-ha. turns out <laughs> there are tens of millions of people like that. So yeah. um it's yeah. yeah. It's yeah. So that that was my Facebook experience, and yeah. uh, that's sort of that that was sort of the the end of me and Facebook for the most part. Yeah,
0: yeah. My conspiracy about my, my surprise that I shouldn't have been surprised at those tens of millions of people because all my life I've I've just I don't know where I got it, but I've had this idea that the the schools have been intentionally gutted for forty years, and now we're in a second generation of under or Badly educated people, you know, well, if they're not going to stop, you know, young lefties from becoming teachers, they're just going to make schools completely ineffective and they've created the ignorance they wanted. Mm -hmm. But that's just my little, Mm -hmm. I I had another, I had a question about, so since you've, you've, you've become this internet, uh, this, uh, sorry, this Twitter presence, this person, on a day-to-day basis, how do you, what do you, what do you feel committed or obligated to do in terms of interaction i feel like it would be overwhelming you know i'm jealous but i'm i also will be like what the fuck how do you deal (laughs) with it
1: daily i you know when uh well when it first happened i basically just had to kind of shut off my phone and be like okay i'm like i change all my passwords and just kind of like find old blogs, and pull them down, just like, let's, let's, let's see what this is, because mm-hmm. I have no idea. And I, I just took a pretty, you know, uh, potent poke at Nazis who don't, you know, they, they aren't usually the most uh, um, forgiving lot. So, <laughs> you know, like, what does this all mean? It's a little bit, a little bit scary. Uh, it, I don't, I don't really feel I don't feel any obligation. I don't think to the Twitter, like a Twitter presence or Mm -hmm. to any sort of thing like that. Um, I think I feel like, I feel like I have an obligation to, I I feel a compulsion to talk about these things that are on my mind. Mm -hmm. And I feel as though if I have a skill, it's at framing things that are simple, but have been made complex by people who want them to not be understood, Mm -hmm. to reframe them so they are simple again, um, in ways that are useful for people. That's what I am usually trying to do. Um, And, uh, and that I feel, I suppose, a bit of an obligation to do obligation is the wrong word, but I, I feel like um yeah, I feel I feel like if we go back to, to me sitting there in the dark and, and the, the returns are coming in and I'm realizing that it's yeah, it really is, like we're in we're in the bad timeline, like it's really going the wrong way here. Um and that this is going to be a reality for at least four years and in four years there's going to be a really dangerous election for sure. Um, and just sort of like all of the, the realizations of, of what that means kind of crashing in. Oh, yeah, he is going to have the nuclear codes. That is going to happen. We are going to have to live with that for four years. Yes, there is going to be a rise of white nationalism, of course, because he's a white nationalist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like all, all of these things that just sort of like hit you and hit you and hit you. And um and that, you know, like that, that anger and that resolution was, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm I'm not going to sit and make this comfortable for myself. Um, I'm not, you know, like I'm not going to numb myself off. Um, I feel, I felt at that time and I still do, like I'm somebody who's not very directly threatened. And so it's going to eat at me in material ways, a lot slower, which has proven to be the case. And so I have a lot of tread on my tires. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and my intention is to keep it from being comfortable for me first, Mm -hmm. and then to keep it from being comfortable for anybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to, and to fight the bad narratives as much as I can. Um, and (laughs) that means that I have to become a lot more, uh, earnest, uh, internet guy then i honestly i i is is comfortable for me usually that's part of the like i i i i I am a like i'm i'm generally a sort of a ironic i'm like i'm sort of an irony guy you know no i wouldn't yeah don't lose that (laughs) I'm, i'm i'm like i'm generally or at least that's how i see myself I um, mean that's that's generally. I mean, I chose Groucho Marx as my avatar years oh, ago. I was about to reason. ask you that. And and you know, I, I I I generally see myself in that way, and now like I I feel like for a, a handful of people out there, I've turned Groucho Marx into this like angry prophet or <laughs> something, like because I'm always like. Like there's there's a lot of times with these topics there's not a lot of room for irony. I I always retreat to those sorts of things if if there's somebody who's you know being a troll or being dumb and you know like I'll I'll take pokes at them in that mm-hmm. way and and sort of take the piss out of it. But um, yeah, anyway, ramble, ramble, ramble.
0: No, it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff, and I I'm gonna make the effort to. I usually have a, I have an editor and an engineer, but I think I'm going to try to sloppily put this up for anyone who wants some distraction tomorrow. Um, okay. So I, I also, I trust that, and that maybe, you know, if things go as we hope, maybe we can have a shorter conversation next weekend. And we can talk more about the novel, which, if all, if all goes well, I hope to begin doing what I do often, which is combo listen and read. Uh, yeah. The novel, um, I which think, I'm guessing, Will, I will understand more about the
1: names Julius Goat and Julius Ghost then. Yeah. Well, Julius Ghost is just for yesterday because it's my, uh, it's my Halloween handle. Oh, right. Done. um, yeah. <laughs> And, and Julius, Julius Goat is, yeah, I, you know, um, you won't, you actually won't probably. I, I uh, the the main character or one of the main characters in Revisionaries is named Julius, right? And I did choose I did choose Julius as a handle probably like fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. I chose Julius Julius Goat as a handle for a number of reasons, and one of them being one of the characters in my book was named Julius. The other being I was choosing Groucho Marx as an avatar; his name is Julius, mm-hmm. and I. I chose Goat because there's a comic book called Cerebus that features a character that is basically uh, Groucho Marx named Lord Julius, who Ah. at one point runs a goat against our main character for the prime ministership. It's political satire. Um, The book itself goes into some really crazy places Mm -hmm. and not all of them are good, but that, uh, that early stuff with Julius Goat is uh, primo stuff. Okay. And I I was I, I was, and I'm a fan of it. And I chose that name as a result. The comic is called... So there you go. It's called... S- S- Cerebus. You know? It's S-E-R-E-B-U-S, e- S- Cerebus. I will tell you, uh, uh, and for anybody listening who doesn't know, um, the, the creator of Cerebus is is sort of a genius level um, artist and writer who about halfway through decided that all women are female voids sucking the uh, light of creation from male creators. And the last half of his book basically is just unpacking his increasingly fevered cosmology in ways that, that are interesting from a psychological level and the art remains top-notch but um anybody getting into cerebus should be aware that it's going to eventually uh the the omelet's going to slide off the plate Mm -hmm. and so you you will find uh most people find an exit ramp at some Mm -hmm. point where they're like nope gone um and and so uh yeah yeah so since we we landed on the topic of cerebus Yeah. Uh worth worth pointing out. Tooley noted. Um
0: take care of Michigan for us, okay? Do my best. <laughs> um uh it's been great talking to you. I hear some some piano practice going on in the background.
1: Sing. Oh yeah, somebody's uh somebody's working on the piano. There. Nice. Um a uh, couple of my couple of my daughters play and it's nice to have. Yeah. Uh I I work out of my office so, uh my home uh, office yeah. so I I get to have uh COVID has delivered uh, a lot of piano music to me. Yeah. We're all in the house all the time.
0: Yeah. Well, I hope you have a great week and I hope we'll have a you know like you said we're going to we're going to take a few weeks and enjoy it if it works out well so Let's hope we can do that next Sunday, perhaps.
1: Yeah, for sure. Not for right sure. Man. Here's hoping.
0: Thank you so much for your work.
1: Oh, Jamie, thanks for talking. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure. Take care. Take care.
0: Go find A.R. Moxon at A.R. That's A-R-M-O-X-O-N. Or... And especially as Julius Goat. Spelled just the way it sounds on twitter.com. You can find this podcast wherever you cast your pods. Or um, lately I've been using a site called PodLink. If you find a link to an episode you like uh, on PodLink... And you copy the link, you send it to someone, and they see all the various different from Stitcher to Apple to everywhere that you can um, click and just listen to the episode. So it gives people all the choices. That's my free ad for Podlink. Podlink, uh, give me a call. Um, You can find the website for this podcast at 15minutesjamieberger.com. That's the numerals, 1-5-M-I-N-U-T-E-S-J-A-M-I-E-B-E-R-G-E-R. I'm hoping we'll have occasion to talk to Andrew A.R. Moxon again next Sunday. Um, and I'm also on Twitter at 15 B. And all the other stupid fucking social media. Good luck, everybody. Talk to you soon. This is 15 Minutes. I'm Jamie Berger.